award-winning interior designer Shane Morrissey has transformed countless Texas homes. With attention to detail and a passion for quality design, Shane curates timeless luxury for everyday living. Whether you're building a new home or looking to update an existing space, let Morrissey Home design the perfect space for you. For more information, visit morrisseyhome.co. M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y-H-O-M-E dot C-O. I'm Tiffany Blackman, and this is my so-called fabulous. Welcome, everyone, to season six. We're in about one or two in this season, and I'm so excited to bring all of the guests that we have this season, but especially this one. You know, um, I'm sure my friends are like, could you please not ask me on the podcast again? But this one, I couldn't help because the talent is so there, y'all. This fabulous man, Shane Morrissey with Morrissey Home, is one of my best friends. Um, he was on the show very early in our relationship in 2020. And we're going to talk about 2020 because where does your mind go when we talk about 2020? But episode number 48. Now, I want you to remember, I want you to recall this too. We are on about 160 season six, so I can't say I'm proud enough. So everyone, welcome to the show, Shane Morrissey. Hey, uh, I'm so happy to be here with you, Tiffy. Oh, I just love you. You I know, and you. I mean, gosh, what a special bond we have. Yes, we do. You know, and I think the bond is, of course, our friendship. Yeah. But we're creative souls. We are. I mean, we- Kindred <laughs> spirits. And we love the good stuff. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> That we do love yes. the good stuff. So back when you were on in 2020, you are a fabulous, incredible, incredibly talented interior designer. Thank you. You graduated from the Art Institute. And I want you all to go back and listen to episode number 48. And uh, you can hear all about Shane. But we've he's updated his life a little bit. Well, a lot, actually. But at the age of 15, you knew. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I remember... You know, I would always work with my dad in the summers and my dad was a general contractor. And so I was always involved in the home building business. And I just had a love for homes from a really young age because that was such a part of my life. And um, we had a neighbor who lived across the street who was an interior designer. And so I, I didn't even know what interior design was until that. And I just became really obsessed with it. And, um, I was about 15 at the time and I just, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I majored in interior design in, uh, in college and then ended up working for a fabulous interior designer in Dallas. And then, um, I partnered with my dad and his construction company and we built a design build firm. Um, and now I'm working on interior design exclusively. Exclusively. Yeah. How happy are you just working on? I'm so happy. Right. Um, you know, construction was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, most of the time it was busy. It was fast paced, but my, it was a family business. My sister and I were, um, after my dad retired in 2018, we were managing the entire construction business, the entire interior design business. Um, and it was hectic and it was stressful, but it was very lucrative. And then 2020 happens, mm. pandemic, we have all these issues with supply chain and we can't get product. And so it just became very chaotic to manage construction and design. So after a lot of thinking and talking with a lot of 
professional people, uh, my sister and I made the decision to let go of our construction business and focus fully on interior design. And um, we've been doing interior design exclusively for about a year now, and it has been so beautiful. Um, I've had so much more time to give focus to my design projects. And um, it's amazing what happens in your life, I think, when you really stop swimming against the current and you accept what's meant for you. And for me, that was, um, as far as my career goes, that was interior design. Do you miss any part of construction, honestly? I I do miss, at times I do miss managing uh, people because I think that you know, when you have when you have a team of people working with you and you've assembled them, there's a special bond there. And um, I think it feels good to be able to nurture a team. And so I miss that part of it. Um, but I think that's about all I miss. Um, I just I love interiors and I like being um, I like being a safe place for my clients and I like being the good guy on my project. Oh. A lot of times in construction, the contractor um, doesn't always have the best news to deliver, especially when you're going through a pandemic like we were and, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I miss a little bit of it, but I'm not a lot. Happy. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. Well, okay. So with interiors, I absolutely love, I mean, you've been to my home. I just, I, I, I finish one and then I want to start it again. You're yes. right. But I can't yes, do that. You've, you caught the bug. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. I do. But with interiors, I mean, how, how do you express yourself and not take over the client's mm -hmm. expressions? For example, if I really don't blue walls, my blue walls, you know, I didn't like the blue walls in my home. Right. If you follow me on Instagram, you see blue. I didn't like it, but I, it was mate. I mean, Bottega, Rebecca yes. said, you better keep mm -hmm. that because it was so expensive. They're hand painted from Portugal. If you are seeing something that you love, but your client loves something else, how do you balance that? You know, it, that's a really great question. It's very important to me. Um, that I'm that I'm serving my clients' best interest, and that at the end of the project, they're going to feel the most at home in that space that they ever have anywhere else. And so, I I always want to make sure that I'm respecting their likes and their taste. But sometimes people don't know what's out there until they're working with an interior designer. You may not have any idea what you know how the extent of you know what exists out there, and so. A lot of times people are, you know, limited by what they've seen. And so I like to introduce new ideas and, you know, new finishes and tiles to people that they haven't seen or thought of before. And so, um, you know, the, the end result ends up being a combination of my client's taste and my style, mm -hmm. because really I have found that in my career that I can, I can make almost any style look good or any taste look good because it's really the way that you assemble it and put it all together. Have you ever done a project and you say, I didn't like that? No. No. No, I have never got, and, and thankfully, that I, I'm very lucky for that, but I have never come to the end of a project and, um, and, and not been proud of it or thought that it just wasn't something that I wanted to, you know, put out into the world. Um, I've been really lucky to have clients who, 
uh, really value my opinion and respect me. And so, uh, you know, we, we work together and I think in the end we're, we're always both happy. I mean, that is amazing because I'm assuming, and that's, I mean, people just don't, maybe they do. Do people just go down the yellow pages and pick an interior designer? No, right? They seek you out, right? Yes. And so usually in, in my business, it's, um, about, you know, 80% word of mouth. So people who are coming to me, um, for interior design that, you know, maybe their friends worked with me or their family, um, you know, and the rest of it is coming from magazine ads and um, Instagram ads and things like that. Accolades for you. I mean, you have been G Magazine. I mean, interior designer, you're just so, yes. I mean, you're just, you're all that. Well, we've been, yeah, <laughs> well, we've been, thank you. But we've been really fortunate to um, have some great editorial pieces. Um, you know, D Magazine has been a great partner to us. And so, um yeah, it's been great. You said to me last week, actually, you design for everyday living. Yeah. You would think that that makes sense. So describe that to me, because I'm not sure my home is for every part of my home is for everyday living. Explain that to me. Well, so just to address the first part, designing for everyday living means creating a space that, you know, that your whole family can live in and people are um you know like for for your home for example you and greg are in a different phase of your life than somebody who's in their early 30s and just building a family and who maybe has three dogs or something like that so your home is designed for your everyday living um and so you know i wouldn't put the same materials in your home that i would put in a home for a young family because their home is going to get a lot more wear and tear with all those kids and the pets being in there. Right. But designing for everyday living is is really about, you know, taking your own needs into account or your clients' needs into account and um, creating a space that they're going to be excited to to live in and host in and and spend their lives in. You know, you have said, and we have talked about this before because you know i love instant gratification yes I I, want, i'm guilty yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i want my house ready for my next event i want right. the room ready i want the art in i want the rugs in and you know we talk about 2020 yeah that was it that was very difficult to to source products and and supplies right yes so i've had to learn to just be calm and to be patient, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. How much when you go into a project, all right, what is the time span? I mean, how much when you take on a project, what is the time? I mean, I know it's different, but what are we thinking about here? Well, it it depends because some of my projects are, are new build projects or they're remodel projects, and so we're selecting all the fixtures and finishes that are going to go into that home. Um, that process usually for the selection process takes about three months and you've got to order the product. But we haven't had we haven't had lead time or um, supply chain issues recently with hardware and with uh, tiles and things like that. It's more furniture. The mm-hmm. furniture industry is still backed up from all of the supply chain issues that occurred during COVID. So, if you're ordering a custom sofa or a custom chair, you're probably going to be waiting about 12 to 16 weeks still. Um, before 2020, <laughs> it was about a month. 
uh, you know, four to six weeks. So um, there are long extended lead times. But we've also found that in retail environments, companies like our house or um, let's say restoration hardware, for example, they have a lot of product that is in stock. Mm -hmm. Crate and Barrel is another one that has a lot in stock. And, um, you know, designers can be a little bit stuck up about ordering from trade only resources. They don't like to shop retail because they want to give their clients something that's rare and exclusive. But recently we've had to change our perspective on that. And um, certainly I've I've been sourcing a lot of retail product for clients just so that we can get them into their homes faster and um, get them on their way. Right, right. And, you know, is it do you try to source from American made because it's right here in American? You don't have the shipping. Is it is the shipping still an issue? The shipping is still an issue. Um, it certainly is. Some of the ports are still backed up. And mm -hmm. so you may order a product that it says it's in stock and they have 12 of them in Indonesia, but you really don't know when you're going to get that because it has to come from overseas. So um, really, in in my business, we've always tried to source from product that's made in the USA because uh, it tends to be more durable, a little bit more time is spent upholstering those products. Um, and we have an incredible resource here in the United States for furniture in North Carolina. So um, there's a lot of great product to source from here. So those are the people, the people listening right now, your community, my community, that, that community that's saying, this is all great and fabulous, but I can't afford an interior designer. Mm -hmm. But I have found, too, that you can't not not afford. A, you know what right. I mean? You need to actually do that. What phase do you hire an interior designer and how can it be affordable? I mean, tell us yeah. the issues. That's a great question. So if you are building a new home or you're going to have a remodel in your existing home, your interior designer should be one of the first points of contact because they are going to be the party who's holding your hand through the whole thing. They can also help guide you with the architect on, um, you know, designing the floor plan. Uh, they can get input on lighting design. And so you want to have an interior designer on your team pretty early in the process. And um, for those who are purchasing a new home and they want to update it, they want to furnish it. Um, the interior designer might be the first person you call before you even hire a contractor because they can give you some tips on what you can do to refresh your home and uh, to bring it up to date. Someone asked me the other day, we were talking about about you, actually. And I think people think that interior designers is just ordering furniture or rugs. And that's not true. Right. Explain, yes. explain that. Well, and in, an interior decorator is somebody who um, they usually they don't have a, a degree in interior design. Interior designers have uh, have you really should have a degree if you're calling yourself an interior designer because that's just historically you're you're formally trained. Mm -hmm. um, interior designers have the ability to draft floor plans just as an architect would. Um, they are very involved in every step of the process. So they do window and door selections for homes. Um, they call out all the finishes. They make the finished selections. And they, of course, furnish homes as well. So there is a very wide range of um, 
of the industry. There are some designers who, for instance, I work with a planning designer, Carolyn Wilson. She's amazing. I work with her and she's an interior designer who only draws floor plans. So she doesn't do any finished selection or furniture. Um, and then you have designers like me who focus more on the finishes and the home furnishings aspect of interior design. I mean, in paint alone. Yeah, paint's tricky. Paint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Paint mm -hmm. nightmares, right? Yes. Yeah. I yes. Mean, just think about that, y'all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you don't want to pick the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> no, they come home and it's all the oh, yeah. one. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's happened to me. It, what, it happens. It happens. Mm -hmm. But paint is cheap. Well, it can, but not the application. Can is cheap, but not the application. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. And you have vendor, you have vendors, and you have people that you work with that you only trust. That yes, yeah, it's so cool. Yes, when you find uh, that now, I also work with really great builders and contractors who have their own teams of people. Um, but when you find those really good tradespeople, it could be a, a tile layer, it could be um, an electrician what have you, it's it's just great to stick with them because they're hard to find. Absolutely hard to find. And and again, there's the good and the bad. Right. You know, I mean, there's some people I, I yeah, something in the creative space. I honestly right now have found in my industry and yours too, um, if someone calls herself a photographer, mm. okay, and charging ex exorbitant amount, you better look at their, their yes. experience. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. People think they're a photographer. I mean, look, yeah. my dog could be a Yeah, photographer. you want to look at, you. well, it's the same thing with interior designers, interior decorators. You want to make sure that you are looking at their experience and you want to make sure that you're looking at their portfolio to make sure that they really can deliver a beautiful product. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important. You got to do your homework with that. So tell everyone what your style is. So my style um, really is, it's very personal. And when I'm styling my own home, it's not necessarily what I would do for a client unless um, unless that's what they requested. But I I tend to love things that come from different places, different sources. Um, I don't I don't furnish my home all at once. I, I do the key pieces first, probably starting with the rug, moving on to bigger pieces. Um, I love a lot of art. And I don't pay a lot of attention to finding the perfect piece for just the perfect space. When I go and I, I see art and I'm, I'm shopping for it, I'm just shopping for what I love. And if it speaks to me, I buy it and I find a place for it in the house. And so, um, you know, and how that translates to working with clients is that I like to make spaces feel very personal, make them feel somewhat organic. I, I think that it falls really flat when you have a space where you're only using two different color tones or you've purchased your furniture all from one place. It really has to be textured and layered in order for the space to have personality and feel like it's an elevated design. I mean, I was, y'all, Shane's home is, is absolutely him for sure, but it's so... I want to say well thought out, but it's really not, is it? I mean, you've got collections from yeah. every art. Yeah. When you walk through your home, you have a story. Yes. It's it's thought out in the way that I make sure that the rugs are sized appropriately for whatever room I put in. Um, you know, that the spaces are, are, are well appointed, but when it comes to accessorizing an art, 
I, I don't shop around and shop around until I find this like perfect one piece to go on this table. Mm-hmm. I find the piece and then I find this place for it at my home. Speaking of one piece, I shopped and shopped and shopped for this desk to find this. Yes. And I'm not really sure I've found it yet, but I do love this piece. I, love it. I mean, it's great. But yeah, who did the florals? Oh my gosh. So here in Fort Worth, not far from here downtown, uh, Camellia Farm Flora. Oh, amazing. Tammy is amazing. And she did this. She actually did two. And you and I looked at it for the size of table. Yes. It's all about space too, it right? Space and scale. Scale. Uh, and interior design scale is so important because if if things are out of scale, if like, let's say you you buy a beautiful console and, you, and it's big and it's ornate and then you get these two squatty little table lamps to put on it it's going to look really awkward Mm -hmm. um and i find that people most of the time people tend to under furnish their spaces or they buy things that are too small all the time people are afraid to fill their spaces but what happens when you buy sofas that are too small for your living room or especially rugs that are too small, that's one of the biggest things. What happens is you end up making your space feel smaller. Um, if you purchase bigger pieces, then it fills out your space um, and you're you're maximizing that and it looks great. You do. OK, people when I as a chef, people um and they've told me this, and I think it's absurd. They don't want to ask me over because they don't cook well or they don't feel like they can entertain. Um, so when someone, do people get stressed out when you go to their home? Because you're analyzing. I know you're on. They, right? You're judging. <laughs> they do. My uh, my friends, always they're, they're always concerned about that because I'm an interior designer. But I don't, the truth is I really am not judging. When I go into someone's home, That's that is <laughs> a rule I set for myself a long time ago is that um, I'm not going to judge people's homes. Yes. I think I'm, I'm staring at him. If you're on YouTube, you can see <laughs> it's, it's personal to them. And I really try not to judge it. Now it's a, di- it's a different, now if I'm, that's what I mean. If I'm coming over to your house for a barbecue or something, I'm not judging your house. Now, if, if you're reaching out to me to hire me, I'm taking everything into account and <laughs> I am, and I am, I, I'm making notes. Let's I'll say do. that. I understand yeah. what you're yeah. saying. And I want people to invite me to their homes. No one invites me over. You just invited me. I just invited you, you over. Invited me over. Yeah. You had a beautiful charcuterie. Yes. I mean, yes. did Sam do the, the charcuterie? He did. I mean, yeah. I mean, your yeah. partner is... He's so awesome. Perfect, perfect balance between, yeah. like, Greg and I. I mean, Greg has no desire to be creative. Right. At all. Right. You know, and it's a perfect balance, for sure. Okay, yes. I digress. All right, I digress. All right, so... I want to play a little game. Let's do it. We're going to do our inner Andy Cohen going here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Y'all watch Bravo? Yeah. I love some Bravo. Okay. Do's or don'ts. All right. All right. Do or don't. You ready? I'm ready. Wallpaper. Wallpaper is a do. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it is a way to very easily add a ton of personality to your space. Um, it can be so personal. There are so many different papers and, and now there are so many fashion designers who are collaborating with wallpapers and photographers. And it's just, it's really cool. And wallpaper, people say it's made a huge comeback. I think it never went out of style. I just think that 
you know, the different colors and things sort of trended out. But do you really? Because I mm-hmm. remember when you just didn't do that anymore. You know, they yeah, oh yeah, it. people stopped doing it and covered it up. But I I love wallpaper. Uh, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't wallpaper a whole home, but it's it's an amazing thing to use in your dining room mm-hmm. or your powder bathroom. I mean, I I wallpapered my powder room right when I oh, was in my house, and it's fabulous. Yeah, because yeah. if you're if you're sitting in there for any amount of time. You know, you want to be surrounded by something pretty. So I said, powder to the wallpaper, the powder room. I spend a lot of time in my powder room. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Greg says I can get more done sitting on the toilet. That's right. Eat a sandwich, reply to emails, you know, whatever the case. Whatever. (laughs) Put my makeup on. I got this. Yeah. But I love your paper and I love my paper. Oh my gosh. I love it. Love it. Love it. Hardware. Go. So hardware, um, well, the question that comes up with hardware a lot of times is in regards to mixing metals that, you know, people people are afraid if they get a brass faucet to then get black hardware for their cabinets. Um, but I love mixed hardware. I, I think you have to do it a little, it, kind of be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Um so it doesn't look messy, but I love it. I think, you know, if you look at what I'm what I'm wearing, I have a gold and silver mm-hmm. watch on, you know. I, it's it's nice to mix things up a little bit because it it just it elevates it. Yeah. It just elevates it. If you if you go into a and there's nothing wrong with a builder grade home, but if you go into a builder grade home, everything's the same. You know, it's all uniform and it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like anybody gave thought to uh, the design or the personality of the space. I mean, hardware is like jewelry. Oh, it is. Oh. Hardware and light fixtures. And I, yes. and I always tell people, I'm like, you know, if you're gonna, if you, if you want high impact, spend money on hardware and light fixtures, because it really, the way it feels like the way that a, a an expensive doorknob feels in your hand and how it reacts, mm-hmm. it sounds so silly, but it's completely different than a, a cheap one. So, oh. um, I always say it's a good thing to put your money into. Okay. All white. All white. Um, If you're going to have an all white interior, the shell being all white, then you really want to furnish that and with, with textures and you want to layer in um, different colors and different elements and art because an all white interior is, is very boring. You've got to have some, some wood tones and, you know, a little personality there. So I say, I say no to the all white interior. Really? Because that, that is, was a big trend. It is. It still is. Some people really like that, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel comfortable to me. It's not, um, I just don't think it's really conducive to everyday living. Right. And you know, um, actually my kitchen, was all white. We added some gray, and then I yeah. said, finally I said I couldn't do it. I had to add color because I love color. Yes. Oh, yes. color is my best friend. Right? You know, I can't get enough of color. Yeah. I mean, look what I'm wearing today. Yeah, it's. Okay. I love that, by the way. Okay, this is. Do you know Olivana Osberg in New York? Yes. She. Oh gosh, she sent this to me. I just love it. She's an artist, and it's she. Beautiful. I mean, I know. I just. I mean, it's art, and then she decided to put it on clothing. Yes. Yeah. Love her. Love her. Okay. What comes first when you're designing a room? So when you're designing a room, like let's take let's take a bedroom, for example. You are going to start with a rug. If you're starting from scratch, start with the rug. Find a beautiful rug that you love uh, because what you can do is 
take that as your foundation to build from because a rug can have so many different colors in it or it could just have a few or it could be very neutral but you can use that to build from and when you're going and you're getting your swatches for your upholstered bed or for your let's say your your bedspread your bedding you can reference the rug and so i think that's always a great place to start and then from from the rug you want to build up to the next biggest piece of furniture so you're going to pick your bed then you're going to know how big your nightstands need to be to fill out the rest of that wall then you can do your lamps so you kind of work you're working from the ground up and you're working from the rug and then to the largest piece of upholstery down to the smaller pieces okay yeah love that because rugs are expensive too right oh yes i mean you should invest I, I think rugs are a really good thing to invest in. Some of them are like the handmade ones. They are resellable. You're going to take a huge hit when you resell it. But buying a, a well-made handmade rug is is an investment. If you if you go and you purchase an inexpensive rug, you you can't resell that for any for any good amount of money. So, um, I say start there. A good rug can last forever. Um, Persian rugs will last for we. I mean, I've I've purchased some antique ones and put them in people's homes, and they're almost two hundred years old. Right, so, right. You know, they yeah. last exactly. Yeah, mixing art. Mm. Mixing art. I I'm an art collector, so I mix all different kinds of genres of art, different colors, different subject matter, and art is something that I really encourage my clients to to go out and find for themselves. I help I help clients with art as well, but art is um is really personal to people. And the way that I feel about a piece and what I see in a piece of art, you might look at and not see the same thing at all or not be inspired by it. Right. Um so I, I just I encourage people to buy original art. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive. Everybody thinks that original art is always thousands of dollars and it certainly can be. Um, but it's an amazing thing to be able to support artists who are a little bit new and green in their career. Um, and so I like to go to art events here in Fort Worth and, you know, find that little booth with that special piece that I like and, and buy from that artist. And then it's really cool to be able to watch their career down the line too, when you have a, a piece of theirs that they started out with. I love that. And art does speak to you. And, and you know, it's interesting because you can see, you can gaze at a, at a piece of art and just look, look, look. Yeah. We have a piece. Um, I bought it. I mean, I, I loved it, but I saw something else. I saw a very abstract piece. I, I didn't really see anything in it, but I had someone come to my home and they're like, do you love crosses? And I'm like, uh, and he's like, I see <laughs> the cross in this piece of art. I'm like, there's no cross in here. There's not a cross. He he swore there was cross, but so what he sees versus what I see is amazing. Yes, you just sit there and stare. It's like staring at the clouds. Right, right. It is. I know. I love. Yeah, it. love it. Yeah, so much. love art. Okay, so the people that are listening, how can they find you? Because you are so talented in your gift to so many people. So Thank how you. can we? We want well, if we want to, and you you're very busy. Yes. I, I would love for, um, for your, your followers and your listeners to follow along. So on Instagram, it's Morrissey home. And my website is morrisseyhome.co. 
That's it. That's it. Morsi home. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone, you heard it right here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I simply adore you. We've got a wedding coming up pretty soon. We do. Yeah, November four. Oh, I can't believe it. No, I can't so believe excited it. and such a such a beautiful relationship. Thank you. It's like you. Thank Can you so tell much. I like this guy just a little bit? <laughs> we like each other a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us together every Friday night, That's for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this because, you know, art does speak to you, interior speak to you. I mean, whatever speaks to you. I mean, how your, your home is your home and you have to feel comfortable in your home for sure. So. Everyone, rate, review this show. Let us know what you want to hear. We're trying to get up there in that YouTube world for sure. And everyone have a beautiful day and keep being fabulous. Fabulous.